the American dream, Kyle? To do well, to make something of yourself, come to an exciting new place and say, to hell with the odds. Dad, I can do this. It seems to be fading fast, doesn't it, Kyle? Darbycast, Economics Wednesday. And you know what Kyle and I were just talking about? I don't think there's a ton of question marks around it. We're talking about the slow and maybe even rapid evaporation of the potentiality to achieve the American dream. Not for somebody who came here recently, but even for somebody who's maybe been here for a couple generations. And I'm not talking your silver spoon in mouth, rich fat cat. I'm talking about a third generation Italian-American. I'm talking about other people like that. I'm talking about coming from a lineage of minor success and then saying, hey, how do I get mine? What the heck is going on? I think a lot of people are saying that. Darbycast Doctors, I'm going to talk about somebody near and dear to all of our hearts today. I'm going to kind of leave you on the edge of your seat for a second as I do some high-level formality whodunitry. Let's get the pleasantries out of the way first. Welcome to the Darbycast. Welcome to an Economics Wednesday, which is what? A complete and total roadmap for economic success not just on a micro level, but also on a macro level. If one day you wake up out of the blue and you're like, ah, I'm not making as much money as I think I could. I just don't have the ideas to make huge moves. You go back in the Darby Cast catalog to a random Economics Wednesday and you're going to find something inspiring. You know, I was listening to the episode the other day, kneeling, about guys named Neil who were going to bring us back into economic prosperity. And because as a country, we're not really crushing it economically yet, you know what that means to me? Some of you already know, is we haven't told enough people named Neil how to get with the program. The Neil of the country, the United States Neil. Remember, Neil is a plural as well as a singular. Have you done your part to bring the United States Neil into the economic landscape? Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. But if you haven't, shame on you. Because if you know the right thing to do and you don't do it in any situation, if you know the right thing to do and you just don't do it out of spite or apathy, boy, are you a piece of garbage. Industry standard, bottom of the barrel, landfill refuse disgusting slime and sludge congealed into some sort of humanoid form. That's what you are. If you haven't tracked down somebody like Neil and said, Neil, I know you aren't good at many things and least of which is generating ideas, but I've got something for you. I also have a podcast I'd like to send your way. Maybe get your imagination, economic juices flowing. After all, Neil, it has been spoken into existence. There is a prophecy, Neil that only you will be able to pull us out of this and take us back to good times. So let's get that out of the way first, Darbycast doctors. I'm going to reissue the homework that is findanealmakeadeal.com. 
Kyle, make sure you buy the website. Let's buy that and let's flesh it out. Find a Neil make a deal.com. I'll do .net or .org if it's not available. I know that's probably an in-demand domain name. Oh, we'll go to battle, Kyle. We make investments here at the Darby Cast, doing what's right. Good. Now that we've established all those important precursors, let's talk the American dream. You know, a lot of people are complete morons, and they think that the American dream is somehow confined to the geographic region that we know as the United States of America that you would do well in life, perhaps better than your parents. As it turns out, most places in the world, people are like, ah, I could launch myself into a new echelon of income, be able to provide products and services that are worthwhile to people around me, make a little bit of that coin to reinvest in my community that invested in me, not just monetarily, but love, attention, time, friendship, I think that's not the American dream. I think that is just the dream. That is the dream, right? It's not about the number. It's about what you can do with the money, right? In our economy, well, specifically the stock market, which is kind of indicative of our perverse finance economy rather than value economy. Usually in a value economy, you would, uh, make things that have high value rather than fudging around numbers on a balance sheet to line your pockets with scratch. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people in our country, really smart people, brilliant even, and I don't throw that word around lightly. There's about four people I've ever met that I'm like, you are brilliant. I don't throw it around in the way that Harry Potter does. Talking about a cup of hot cocoa, I'd be like, this is brilliant. Shut up, Harry, right? But a lot of brilliant people went into high finance, investment banking, working at hedge funds, and a wide variety of other financial whodunitry. When really, you got to think, some of those guys, what are their names? Neil. They could be doing great things, but instead, they're doing pencil pushing and Excel sheet discoing, and it's like, damn it, Neil, we needed you. But there's also guys not named Neil who are doing that. But let's talk about the stock market real quick and the GameStop fiasco. If you haven't heard about it, look it up. It could be the domino that implodes our entire economy. And then it'll get blamed on gamers. Most oppressed class that's ever lived. Oh, to be a gamer in today's day and age. Whew, really nuts. But if you haven't researched the GameStop whodunit, I suppose I could describe it briefly. Let me just explain it to you. A rich fat cat who works at a large hedge fund worth about $13 billion put a massive short on the GameStop stock. He bought a bunch of stock, is expecting the stock price to go down to tank. Then he would sell off the stock back to GameStop, keep the difference as profit, and chuckle his way all the way to the bank and say, I'd like to increase my balance, please. That's what rich dudes say. Here to increase the balance. But a bunch of people on Reddit, a bunch of tools decided, hey, I got wind of a situation. Some fat cat shorted the GameStop stock with like a billion dollars. 
you know, what would be rough is if everybody shot that stock to the moon by buying it in a frenzy. So if that happens, that puts this hedge fund in a little bit of a sitch because shorting a stock, you want it to go down. But if it goes up, boy, do you lose a ton of money because then you got to buy all the shares at whatever selling price comes up. So instead of keeping that profit margin, you're just in the hole. It's a little bit complicated and I'm not a big finance guy. So here's what I'm going to tell you. It could bankrupt a hedge fund causing a fire sale of other stocks. The company would have to liquidate their assets, usually in other stocks, to cover their losses. SEC is getting involved in this one. Could be a major disaster. Could be a major disaster. Why am I telling you this? A, because it could have a domino effect. It could send out echoes and ripples into the economy, prompting other large investment funds to be like, no fire sale time. It's let's dump everything. And that may cause a bit of a panic sell by all the retail traders who have entered the game, the stock game in recent history, who really have no business trading stocks because they don't necessarily really know what's going on. Somebody was like, you should invest in the stock market. Stocks never go down. Have you seen the trends? And the unfortunate part about that is for a while now, that's been like kind of true. So you just get a lot of people who are like, I like buying companies based on their names, or I like buying companies that have my favorite number in their stock price. You get people like that. But then all of a sudden, full stop, game stop. Whew. So we're going to watch this one. Kyle, keep your eye on the ticker, would you? Huh, pal? You know what? Pull that up right now, Kyle. Pull it up. Yep, it is now at $305. And I believe the short was at like $10. This company is going to get, the hedge fund is going to get wrecked. Boy, what a disaster. So if this is the straw that breaks the proverbial camel's back and spirals out everything, I guess that'll happen. I don't have a lot of profound thoughts for that. But what I will say, don't blame it on GameStop. Don't blame it on these Reddit nerds who did this. Because to be honest with you, we've been in an everything bubble for quite some time now. And most stocks are overvalued by a significant amount. Most assets in the United States and globally are tremendously overvalued. Because you get all these finance guys and they're like, pump the money into it. Do the spreadsheet tinkering. Neil, Neil got wrapped in a deal and now he doesn't know how to feel dot com, right? But that's not what I want to talk about today on this Economics Wednesday, even though that's some high-level economic whodunitry. I'm going to go back to one of my favorite catchphrases, personal one of mine. You hope for sunshine, but you pack an umbrella. If things Go haywire. Things go south in this world. I want you to own an umbrella. And in some cases, that means a shotgun and some peanut butter. That'll do you fine. You will survive. You'll thrive, actually. Peanut butter, no problems there. But what do I want to talk about next? The vaccine. Oof. Tough subject, right? Tough subject. And remember, if you have any question marks about taking the vaccine, you are now 
declared a backwards-thinking ignoramus, potentially a terrorist-slash-conspiracy theorist. All these weird buzzwords. It's like ketchup. You can throw them on anything, right? You're like, oh, you're not into a vaccine? Sounds like you are a terrorist, bigot, homophobe. Are you transphobic? You're not into the vaccine? New health secretary, she told he, they, it told you to take the vaccine and now you're not doing it. You're a transphobe and a piece of trash. But I have question marks surrounding the vaccine. I don't know why people are so eager to take it. They've been locked in their homes for quite some time. Say you're really dialed into the whole Corona Ruski thing, right? You wake up every morning and you get on your knees and you pray in front of that framed four by six picture of Anthony Fauci. You're like, Fauci, not only are you a hot guy, remember when Fauci was on the cover of like GQ or whatever that was? Boy, was that off-putting. Fauci is a four foot three goblin. And the fact that he was described as a sex symbol was really, I think, put out there just to, actually, I don't know the reason for that, but Fauci, you know, maybe he is really hot, right? That's what the ladies are thinking. If you just ask a lady, I know I'm bouncing around, guys, just and gals, but just bear with me. Go up to somebody random today and be like, think of the hottest guy you know. And if they don't say Fauci, boy, are they an idiot, right? They just don't get it. But imagine being somebody who's totally dialed into the Rona Ruski thing. You're trapped in your house. You wear like 17 masks a day on top of one another, not in sequence. Have you heard of this, by the way? The new thing to double mask? Why not triple mask? Why not quad mask? Why not quint mask? Why not sex mask? Or sept mask? Or oct mask? What's going to be the safest for you, huh? Boy, is this just getting absurd. It's like people have forgotten the dynamics of a virus, that over time it becomes less severe and more contagious. Eventually, what happens is everybody gets that weakened strain and we have what I guess is called herd immunity, although people throw that word around and I don't quite know what it means. Call me a moron, but it's one of those buzzwords that came around last year, just entered into the public consciousness at the drop of a Fauci. That's just a quick moment. All of a sudden, you know, you're going throughout your day. You're trying to pursue the American dream. Then at the drop of a Fauci, you got to change course. I wonder if this GameStop thing will, will radically alter our trajectory at the drop of a Fauci. It may, it may not. But say you're that person. You're so dialed in. You worship Fauci on a daily basis. You wear your 17 masks to do your part. You've been terrified of this virus that has become significantly weaker over time and doesn't really have terrible symptoms at this point. Mortality rate is lower than the flu, although numbers keep getting thrown around of, hey, this is the worst. You notice as soon as Biden got in that coronavirus seems to be just going away, just like that. Drop of a Fauci. Man. Seriously, find somebody named Neil today and just let's get this thing back on course. Some of you are still wondering, who are we talking about today? Who's our major focus? And I'm getting to that. Don't 
rush me. It is a process. Okay. Kyle, it's a process, right? But as the virus becomes weaker over time, as every single virus does, as it spreads, becomes more contagious and less severe in its symptoms, out comes the experimental vaccine, which is where my question marks really arise. And call me an anti-science idiot, but these are the things that I know. The vaccine was developed very quickly. Drop of a Fauci. Couple reasons for that. They cut through a little of the bureaucratic red tape that exists in the industry. But what else? They skipped phase three trials. So this vaccine is actually the first of its kind. So most vaccines, the way they operate is by taking a weakened form of a bacterium or a virus, throwing it in your system, and then letting the body stave off a very weak and sloppy assault. That's it. That is it. This one's different, though. So surrounding the coronavirus are these protein spikes. It's how the whodunit enacts the whodunitry. Coronavirus has its little spikes, and then it punctures cell membranes and proliferates into the cell, hijacks the cell, kills it, well, actually more of zombifies it and turns it into a virus factory. So what does this vaccine do? This vaccine, first of its kind, is not the weakened form of the virus. It is just a healthy dose of these random protein spikes. And I don't get it. I don't get it. I would have to read up a lot. And I've read a fair amount on these protein spikes, and I don't know if this is the right call. So as the virus gets less severe, we are injecting people with an experimental vaccine that skipped phase three trials. That just gives me the question mark, right? Say, is this really cool? Is this a good deal? I'm hearing about some adverse reactions. People are calling any indication of a poor reaction to this protein spike cocktail. They're saying, no, that's not true. That's fake. Sorry. I don't believe that there could be an adverse reaction to injecting something into your body. No chance. It's like, we need to do this to achieve herd immunity. Yeah, I've been locked in my house wearing my 17 masks and nothing scares me more than coronavirus. But how about I get fragments of the coronavirus blasted into my body in a way that's never been tried before and the long-term effects haven't been studied? Let's do that. And I thought these were supposed to be the people who were really like, rah, rah, science. Find a picture of Fauci, find a picture of Charles Darwin, practice kissing on them, right? Buy a sex toy, name it after Fauci. That's how much these people love science, or so I've heard. Couldn't be more thrilled to inject it into their bodies. So I know I have these backwards beliefs like questioning things. That's one of my most evil things that I do is say like, is that a good call? And what are the potential downsides? Think about how many adverse reactions could happen to guys named Neil, to the Neil of the country, 
before we unleash them with great ideas. Just think about that. That's how I tie this all in together. And let me fill this out all the way. My ultimate question mark, what if the vaccine does, specifically does a lot of damage to guys named Neil? We are toast as a country. We don't have any shot of going back to the glory days of producing stuff and being economically prosperous. Two-car garage, baby. You don't get that. We don't have job creators like Neil. Boy, wouldn't that be the conspiracy to end all conspiracies? Is that the establishment knows that the key to the American revival economically is the United States Neil, and they aren't having it. They're like, we hate Neil. We want to crush this country. We're going to take out the Neil. That'd be the dirtiest trick of all time. Because they just know. They obviously, there's some feds who listen to the Darby cast. Just know that the Darby cast may get shut down at some point because as on point as everything's been, I've been saving some of the real high level stuff for another day, right? The establishment finds out that a coalition of Neil have been manipulating the GameStop stock to their own advantage because they want to level the playing field a little bit from the hedge fund power players so they can create the Neil slush fund to invest in business ideas that Darby cast doctors slide to Neil. It's a full out assault on Neil. It always has been, but boy, is it clear as day at this point. So in times of utter chaos and distress, you got to look to your heroes. You've got to rely on people who just get it, who understand the essence of the American dream. Now today, economically, I want you to think about what's at stake. Potentially biological warfare directed entirely at Neil. Stock market manipulations, Neil's trying to do it for you. Okay, so that's kind of the stage. With all these facts in mind, now let's get into the real, let's get into the essence of today's Economics Wednesday, the Darby cast. Because there's a fella and he's on my mind. And I am not talking about the inspiration for John Mayer's hit classic, Your Body is a Wonderland. Who's that? Obviously, Anthony Fauci. I am talking about a hero. I am talking about the ultimate hustle player. You can't teach hustle. Okay. You can't teach adaptability. You can't teach following your heart. And I want you today, because the homework still exists, find the Neil, elevate them. Elevate each one, elevate them collectively. But if you're wondering, how you're going to do that, or you're saying, I'm so tired these days. I'm emotionally exhausted. I'm so lusty when it comes to Fauci. If these are the thoughts that you're having, I want you to take a time out and be inspired by not just the American dream, but the entire economic dream of everyone on the planet. 
this is how we're going to do well. It's a two-pronged thing. I need everyone here to get ultra fired up, to feel inspired, pass a little of that on to Neil, get him out of the global finance game and say, we need to apply your efforts where it matters. Hold off on taking that vaccine, Neil, until more tests happen. So I don't want to be an anti-vaxxer, right? It'd be really something if somebody called me that. Boy, would that make me shake in my boots. Somebody's like, you're an anti-vaxxer. And it's like, yeah, when it comes to this one, I got question marks. But let me continue succinctly how this is all going to go down. You take a page out of this rare individual's book, realize that life is about establishing yourself, going to places that others won't, stepping to the beat of your own drum. And then you do the right things with that. You do all the right things. You make powerful choices. That is the essence of the American spirit, the American dream, and just the dream in general. Okay, let's talk about them. And I'd love to get this guy as a guest on the Darby cast. Guy Fieri. Guy Fieri. Italian-American. He could have set up shop in any country that he wanted. Fun fact, Guy Fieri, he got inspired when he studied abroad in France. That's where he was like, I love the culinary arts. Can you imagine what a devastating loss that would have been for our entire country had Guy just stayed in France? Would have been insane. Would have been absolutely insane. And just as a side note, what do we think about Guy getting the vaccine? Has he done it? Has he done it? I doubt it. And if he has, he definitely took a fake vaccine just for show, just to appease the establishment. Because Guy has a mission. And that is taking everybody and their mother on an express trip bullet train to Flavortown. That's where you recharge the batteries. That's where you get together with like-minded individuals and say, let's team up and apply our efforts towards the stuff that really matters. Inspiring people. Getting people out of high finance and saying, we need you in real business ideas. Stop lining your pockets and start providing more value. And a lot of people who are in that industry are like, we provide tons of value. We finance everything. And it's like, well, yeah, there's some people who do that, but there's also a lot of crooks in high finance, fudging numbers, moving things around, being really good at odd math equations to move money around that doesn't even exist. Bunch of illusionists, magicians. I'm a sucker for a magic show, but not like this. And neither is Guy Fieri to that point. Guy Fieri is about what's raw, what's real, and what's tasty. Guy Fieri doesn't think Fauci's hot. Cat's out of the bag. He knows what's hot. Ghost peppers offset by some cool ranch. Doritos. I bet you Guy Fieri has so many ideas for Doritos flavors that the establishment has just been blocking at every turn. Some of you are saying, I'm not bridging the gaps between the GameStop meltdown, high finance in general, Fauci's body, the vaccine, and Guy Fieri. And to that, I say, keep listening. All the DarbyCast doctor regulars know. Everything always comes together. It always does. In a way that is both charming 
and violent, when themes clash and then meld together, creating an aegis, a bulwark against nonsense. That's it. So let's talk about Flavortown in general. Key place. And some of you who are not yet Fieriites, that is a follower of Fieri, don't understand that Flavortown is accessible multiple times a day through eating something tasty. And when you are in a state of utter Flavortowndom, you can do just about anything. You can rise to the challenge. The American dream isn't dead. It is laying dormant in Flavortown. And you get together with some of your buddies and you eat some cheesy fries that are, in the words of Guy Fieri, gangsta. Longtime listeners of the Darby cast know there's a lot of high-level theoretical ideas thrown around here. But occasionally you probably think to yourself, I'm just one person, man. And that's why I'm telling you, meetup spots in Flavortown. That's where everybody's going to get together. You invite somebody today. Maybe they're named Neil. Hint, hint. You invite them to Flavortown. You say, I want to take you to a diner, a drive-in, or a dive. That's what a Fieriite does. That's what a Fieriite always does. Because there's some pretty intense ideas discussed on the Darby cast. And if you're going to bring somebody into this world, into your world, you better make sure that they are wearing a safety harness. And what's that safety harness? Spicy garlic wings at a local business. Support local businesses. That's also part of the American dream. Don't keep giving your money to big wings, right? Buffalo Wild Wings, Wingstop. That's not what Guy Fieri would want for you. But you got to start taking the ideas of the Darby cast and employing them with other like-minded people. You need to get together with people and have these big ideas. And if you're like, what about the social distance? I say wear 18 masks and get out there. There are big fish to fry. Catfish, beer batter with a side of potato wedges. Let's talk about all the good things that start happening when you get more dialed in on a one-to-one scale with Fieri. Start walking in his footsteps. Find a great gal named Lori in the city of Long Beach, like Fieri did. You go to that restaurant with your bros or your chicks and you'd say like, what the hell is going on with GameStop? Should we move to Alaska? WWGFD. What would Guy Fieri do? What would he do? When I said earlier, hope for sunshine, but pack an umbrella, the subtext to that is get a crew of people who know what's going on. And not everybody knows what's going on until you spill the beans, baked beans, with delicious sauce in Flavortown. Do you understand why that's the most serious thing you could do? There are a lot of things going on in this world, but there is no crueler punishment than to try to figure it out and handle it all on your own. Follow your nose to Flavortown. Follow it. Do what Guy would do 
buy a 1971 Chevy Chevelle, a 68 Pontiac Firebird, maybe a 76 Jeep CJ5, 1969 Chevy Impala, maybe a 67 Chevy C10 pickup. I love how many Chevys Guy Fieri owns, and I know a lot of you just like Native Americans shed a single tear out of respect for Guy Fieri's car collection. What an excellent dude. And here's a side note on Guy Fieri. He is known for amazing catchphrases, and that's also important. So when you are at a diner, a drive-in, or a dive, work on your catchphrases, because that is going to win people over to your line of reasoning. You'll notice on the Darby cast, I basically have an innumerable number of catchphrases. And do you see what that's done for you, to you, with you over the episode count as the show continues? That's right. Where did I learn such a thing from? No surprise there. Guy Fieri. Guy Fieri. Good guy. Fieri. So let's talk about key catchphrases because that is going to be the jumping off point to do all the things necessary in life, in business. After all, DarbyCast Economics Wednesday. If you're going to have big business ideas, you have to be a personality that people gravitate towards. And what kind of people do people gravitate towards? People with key catchphrases who are a lot like Guy Fieri. Think about the first time that Guy Fieri bit into an ice cream sandwich and he couldn't help but say, This is a choir of angels singing directly on my taste buds or something to that effect. Treat every day as if you had to nail a key catchphrase to win somebody over, to make them say, what the hell have I been missing? Can I hang out with you? You say, well, do you have a ticket? And they say, to where? And you say, Flavortown, here, have an ice cream cone. I have an extra one. Maybe you start wearing around a backpack, cold packed, insulated backpack with ice cream cones, just so you can give people an express ticket directly to Flavortown. No connecting flights, zero connecting flights. Guy Fieri has written six books. I'm not saying you got to go out and write books, but it might just happen organically as you start passing out ice cream cones, non melted, totally chilled, because you're totally chill. This is the full revival of the American dream. Because, you know, everybody in this world wants to do better, but I care about the good old US of A. So let's revive the American dream through Fieriism. A lot of people are scared of the isms going around right now. saying, what of communism? What of fascism? And I say, what of Fieriism? And people don't understand quite what that means yet. But I tell you what it means. Catchphrases, bringing people over to your side, coming up with groups, not going it alone, bringing Neil in on your process. A Neil, the Neil. These are the steps to economic success. People seem to have forgotten how prosperity works. It's not flipping around with your phone and discoing on your likes on the Instagram or your Snapchat or your TikTok and doing some spastic dance and hoping it goes viral because you're standing around in your underwear and saying, look at me. And it's like, Guy Fieri would never do that. So that is so wrong. Anything that Guy Fieri's ever done is a roadmap for success. Okay. 
it's not just about what he says. It's about what he does. Okay. So hypocrisy is not Guy Fieri. It is one of the last things that would ever strike into somebody's consciousness. If you went up to somebody and you said, Guy Fieri, their first thought would not be what a hypocrite. Their first thought would be like, what a force, what a total package of economic magnificence. What a total badass. What a guy that I would want fighting with me in a street fight where the only weapons were rusty chains and bike locks. That's a metaphor and a half right there. Who's got your back in a street fight? Guy Fieri. That's right. I want you all to go out into the world with the confidence of Guy Fieri and maybe a little splash of Tom Cruise. People give Tom Cruise so much shit. But I watched Mission Impossible the other day in between YouTube videos of Guy Fieri. Occasionally, I would just pause the action and be like, all right, Tom, got to get the guy. And I just felt so good that I wanted to start a karate Flavortown division, a Flavortown Karate Club. Now, that's a business idea. Many of you were thinking to yourselves, what are the tangible business ideas? Flavortown Karate Club. That's one of them. And you're going to have a little too much money, then you know what to do with. And what do you do with that money? If you don't know what to do with it, you reinvest it in the people and the things that made it possible. You support local businesses. You know, Elon Musk is a big fan of the Darby cast. He always has been and he always will be. He hasn't expressed it publicly yet because he's a Fieriite and he knows that when he does it, he's got to come up with a key catchphrase. But that day will come. You want to talk about my dream Darby cast? It is one-on-ones in rapid sequence. This order. Guest one, Guy Fieri, obviously. Guest number two, Tom Cruise. And then bat and clean up, Elon Musk. That will happen one of these days. And I'm so excited to give you all that gift. That's it. I'm going to leave you on an interesting thought. Do you think Guy Fieri always said the right thing? How many outtakes do you think there are on diners, drive-ins, and dives where he just blew it? When he was first cutting his teeth and saying, I need to put effort into everything that I do because how you do anything is how you should do everything. I'm going to shoot my shots. I'm going to take hard cuts. I'm going to say stuff. I might crash and burn, but I'm okay with that. I am building something here. Talk about the American spirit, the ability to fail, to keep moving forward towards your goals. What are those goals? Primarily taking people on a voyage, a cruise to Flavortown the island, right? Because there are multiple flavor towns that exist, some metaphorical, others definitely physical location. Guy Fieri owns an island. I'm going to tell you that right now, and it is flavor town to the max. On every street corner, there is something delicious. There's a hot dog stand or a sandwich parlor. It's not a sandwich shop. It's a parlor in flavor town. All of you right now, today, eat something tasty. Eat something out of control tasty. Quick little express trip. But don't do it unless you're bringing somebody with you. And if you bring somebody named Neil with you, you have done your good deed for 2021. You knocked that out early. 
you knock that out early. But let's talk about a couple of the things that Guy Fieri probably said in his early march to success as an Italian-American. And thank goodness we have him in our country because he is an asset globally. He is the pulse of our nation, and it's about time he was recognized for it. What are some things that Guy probably said? This burger's so good, I just came in my pants. You cut that out of the show. You get it out. Say, take two, Guy. I like the thought, but let's try it again. Then Guy says, get me a towel, because my sack is dripping with flavor. And it's like, Guy, you went in the wrong direction. You went from bad to worse. But I respect your process. What's another thing that Guy Fieri probably said? I'd love to practice necromancy to revive my dead grandmother so she could munch on this quesadilla. And it's like, Guy, your heart's in the right place. Your words aren't there yet. As a Darby cast doctor, what are your major takeaways from hearing these things? Shoot your shot. You'll get your catchphrases down and then you will create a following. Because there's a responsibility that goes with being a Darby Cast doctor, and that is your discipleship of being a Darby Cast doctor, doing the right things until you are primed and ready to vault to the next level, to be that glue guy, to be that cheese fry individual for those around you, to start your local Tom Cruise karate studio brought to you in part by Guy Fieri. Address. 123 Main Street in Flavortown. Let's talk about other Guy Fieri huge blunders, outtakes, because that's another part of the American dream is hearing about the failures and hearing about the persistence. Guy Fieri at one point or another definitely said, this hoagie is making me say nogi to taking an experimental vaccine. And I wish they would have left that one in the episode that that was recorded for. We all do. What are other phrases that Guy definitely said, but are now hidden on some files in a computer underground digital lockbox that one day we will have access to? And then you will know that I knew what was going on. And I'm not going to take pleasure in that. I will simply acknowledge that. I'm not saying this to toot my own horn the car driving the streets in Flavortown, I am telling you this because it's the stuff that matters, okay? Here's another guy, Fieri, most definitely said it, and it's not available to just watch on YouTube or Vimeo or Rumble. That's a new video platform I've heard. Dinesh D'Souza is big on there. Dinesh is a good guy. I feel like he's definitely a Fieriite, but Guy Fieri probably definitely said, buy low, sell high, tank the U.S. stock market. I love a pastrami sandwich from time to time. That catchphrase, we could have used that like yesterday, right? Boy, would that have gotten people fired up, ready to inspire those around them with key catchphrases, to be that magnet, to be that lightning rod attracting the high voltage of Neil. That is totally it. That's totally it. Let's talk about other Guy Fieri callouts that weren't quite all there, but actually low-key kind of were. Maybe he ate a sandwich that was like kind of questionable. 
and it didn't take him to Flavortown. It's like having your airplane crash in the Bermuda Triangle on your way to Malaysia, metaphorically at least. This Philly cheesesteak is like going to the red light district in Amsterdam and seeing sex trafficking on a huge scale unsettling. That's how this Philly cheesesteak tastes. That was so true when he said it, and it's so true now. I think it's gained truth velocity over time because truth is fast. Put that on a Darby cast sweatshirt. Truth is fast. Put that in there with Falcons are forever. Kyle, truth is fast, comma, and Falcons are forever. Darby cast. Guy Fieri once said upon taking a bite of something that it would be good out of a shoe. And that's a real quote. He describes so many things as money, and I don't mind that at all. Let me issue some business recommendations directly to Guy Fieri because that will help spread the message, which will in turn spread the message of this particular podcast episode. GFU, Guy Fieri University. Take over Le Cordon Bleu and teach people how to cook right. That's a huge business idea. What about making a new infrastructure company called the Guy Fieri Express, where you raise capital to make interstate highways that are really well-maintained, take you to the fast track to Flavortown. You can get to any restaurant super quick. TranscontinentalGuyFieriExpress.net. Guy, take these ideas. Take them. Some of you right now are saying, I want to hear more of these Guy Fieri mess-ups. And believe me, in the beginning, there were probably a lot of them. But the American dream is knowing what's going on around you, teaming up with good people, taking hard cuts. And when you miss, you get back up, you dust yourself off, you eat a plate of penne pasta, and you say, whatever comes to mind, you say, this is like scanning a QR code for the Darby cast, the best choice I've ever made. Imagine being alongside Guy Fieri as he metaphorically did cartwheels through the French countryside and quite literally did that. Just drinking fresh milk and doing it right. That's what Guy did. Imagine being with him and having him taste things for the first time and hearing him just go straight off the cuff and you just being like, Guy, you are the template for success in this world. Imagine him crunching into a baguette for the first time ever. And him saying, this tastes like slathering one's body in spicy mayo and letting Theresa May and Angela Merkel lick it off out of respect. Imagine being there and hearing that firsthand. If that doesn't make you want to be an entrepreneur, nothing will. A lot of the Darby Cast doctors right now are thinking to themselves, this was in plain sight. Why didn't I pursue Fieriism as a style of governance, as a modality of conduct? And it's okay. But now that you know, you got to do the right thing. Because not doing the right thing would be categorically evil. Imagine being the kind of boner who listens to a podcast like this, this episode in particular, 
and says, I don't want to inspire anybody. I don't want to try hard. If that's your vibe, never listen to this podcast again. You are excommunicated from Flavortown. You just lost your citizenship. You're out and you're never coming back in because Flavortown is a sacred place where only cool people can be. One day in 15, maybe 20 years, there will be some guy disco in a podcast or some gal hitting the ones and twos and talking about you in the way that I'm talking about guy saying things like guy brought awareness to my understanding of how disgusting Fauci was guy made me realize that I was a little too isolated and I needed to share a meal with somebody guy prompted me to restore a classic car Guy massaged my hope in a way that was almost inappropriate. Replace Guy with your name. Feel that vibe for the rest of the day. Imagine somebody talking about you as a great American who asked the right questions, said a couple really sketchy things, but you didn't let them slow you down. I hope that one day my legacy can be a fraction of Fieri. Fraction of Fieri dot biz, right? You get it. You've always known it. It's this deep-seated knowledge. That is the essence of the Darby cast. When you hear things on the Darby cast, I know how the emotional response goes. When something really hits home and it clicks with you, kind of sends shivers down your spine. Shivers of flavor. Paprika, right? Totally paprika. Can you imagine going on a trip with Guy Fieri when he was in his late 20s? You go on a trip to Barcelona, you get a paella with him. You get a nice seafood rice saffron paella. And he just turns to you and he says, the flavors herein could knock down the Berlin Wall, build it back up, knock it back down, build it back up, and knock it back down again. That's how powerful this flavor is. And you just look at him and you say, Guy, let's go back to the States and inspire some guys named Neil. Let's not take experimental drugs. Let's see what happens with the stock market. And he says, that's gangsta. That's Flavortown. And that's the first time he talks about Flavortown. Can you imagine being there? And Tom Cruise comes out of nowhere, karate chops a henchman who is trying to pickpocket you, a gypsy henchman. And Elon Musk flies in from South Africa and says, PayPal, thinking about creating it, then I'll do other stuff. That's the perfect day. Put yourself there, take that energy and apply it. That's the message for Economics Wednesday. Darby Cast, send it.